0: Whoa, whoa! It's the illusion. Reporting from somewhere on Spaceship Earth. This is uh, Sober Wednesdays, where we dedicate one hour of this YouTube live streaming reality to strictly the subject of sobriety, maintaining sobriety and those who are sober curious. Yeah, see like that, sober curious. There's no requirements that you want to be sober, you need to be sober or you have to be sober to be here. All that I ask and all that the stream ask is no trolls, no harsh comments. No screwing around. This is an hour for someone who may need be in need, someone who is at the brink of self destruction. So please respect those who uh, came here to seek a solution. We can do all the 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 fun on the other streams and all the uh, all the chaos on the other streams. Okay, so please let's just respect those who did come for. Uh, for a solution and some help because this might be their their only place they can go. We just don't know. So Dan, are your, your wrench, run a tight ship. And three sixty five, how you doing, my friend? God, I forgot to call you again, dude. Jesus, I gotta I gotta come together. All right. So um, good, good. We all we all need this right now. It's it's one of those days, right? So um, as as we, I I like to stay a little bit uh consistent with this thing, and so I will open it with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. All right, and then uh, then we like to get in and read a little bit of uh, chapter five and go for a uh, Go from there. So, uh, yeah, wrench people, man. If you run into any of those trolls, you can just delete them from the channel. No big deal, dude. So, uh, if you don't want to respect what we're doing here, you can kick rocks and go somewhere else. So, uh, let's read Chapter 5. And um, I see a page that's folded. Remember, I found this big book on the uh, side of the road. So, there's a folded page I found this big book on the side of the road right where I got it. Pulled over for a ticket today, dude. Yeah. It's that kind of a day. So let's go. Chapter 5, How It Works. Dude, where is it? Chapter 5, How It Works. All right, How It Works. Chapter 5, page 58. How It Works. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to the simple program usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves there are such unfortunates they are not at fault they seem to have been born that way they are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty their chances are less than average There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you've decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Remember that we deal with alcohol. Cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. But there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves and another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked Him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. We made direct oh nine. We made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for the knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Many of us exclaimed, What an order! I cannot go through with it. Do not be discouraged. None among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter of the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A. That we are alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B. That probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. And C. God could and would if He were sought. All right. So that's how it works. Nick, thank you. I appreciate the uh, the donation in there. And ah, um, uh, we're here. We are. We are here. I've been kind of looking forward to this today. And. Um, it, it's one of those things. One of those things that uh, I'm stoked we have this little thing going on that we can consistently rally around. You know, we're doing uh, alcoholism, dude. Alcoholism. You know, you could call it. you know, right. It's a. It's a spiritual malady, a mind center disease, an allergy of the body, right? So my, my allergy I pretty much have in check, right? I know that if I drink alcohol that I, my body will kick into to a reaction. I have no idea what will happen. I have no idea what will happen. And um, so I'm not going to risk it. I'm pretty clear that, that alcohol and drugs have a, a negative impact on my reality. And uh, I have no ability to control them. The, uh, the, the mind-centered disease, right? It, it does center in my mind. It's the self-talking mind, and I've I've had some of that today, man. my My head's been a little bit, bit chitty chatty, chitty chitty chat chat today, and uh, it's been giving me, you know, it's been it's been running running rough shot on me. But because this is a spiritual solution to a an allergy of the body and a mind-centered disease, like I can call on God. And uh, I think that that's why this Wednesday thing is here is so that, uh, so that I can call on God, right? Because uh, what a perfect day. Of all the days, right, it's today. I think a day for a lot of us that we, we need to uh, have some sober thoughts that aren't part of the story that's being woven into our lives. So again, as uh, I should share my experience, strength, and hope, so today, so today, I, I got, I got, uh, I was just driving today. I wasn't really paying attention, and I was, you know, zipping along, and I, I got pulled over by the uh, by the sheriff's. Zero interaction, dude. Just it's pretty lickety split how it happens today. But I don't carry any any energy with me. So if I go back and I look back at my story, right, like I used to be a person who, in the midst of my alcoholism. I was usually stoned, having been drinking, possibly been drinking. So I wouldn't have been zipping along at all. I, I didn't speed. I was super like, kept it all under the radar. But then again, that didn't keep me out of the, uh, the grasps of the police. So when I, was, when I was loaded, you know, they were definitely my enemy they were my enemy because they were the ones who could uh take away my self-imposed prison if you will so towards the end of towards the end of my my drinking and drugging career i think about 2 years before i got sober i got pulled over i'd been out drinking and i was driving around like an idiot and um i got pulled over but i was I was at that point, man, where I didn't I knew that I was busted, right? so I, I got pulled over, and uh I was super mellow with I was like, "You got me." The cop came up to the window and I go, "You know, you got me, I, i'm I'm busted." And he's like, "All right." And he was like, "Because I was somewhat mellow about it, he didn't impound my car, but I remember so i got I got arrested, I got taken to the police station. I got let go the next morning and I, I'm hitchhiking back to where my car is. And I remember I got picked up by this Hispanic dude and probably a son or something. And they picked me up and they gave me a ride. And I, I distinctly remember he was, he didn't ask what I was up to or anything. All he said to me was like, you don't have to live like that anymore. And I didn't know what that meant then. I I really didn't know what he meant. I was just like that's weird to say. You don't have to live like that anymore. But I do know now he must have been a sober dude. He he must have been some some sober kind of guy possibly or knew someone in his life who who is, was in recovery. Because uh when we when we get sober we realize that that we don't have to live like that. We don't have to live drunk and loaded and getting pulled over and chaotic and The whole thing, that doesn't mean that we don't bump into life's problems, right? So today, today's a prime example. So I just look at how different the experience was. So when when I got pulled over that time, dude, that was, I was busted. I was drunk. I was sweating it, whether the cops were going to impound my car. They found some weed in my car. They found some LSD in my car. I, I, you know, I had a big fat ticket. I ended up getting my license suspended. I was in court and blah blah blah. And I had to my, hire my friend who was a lawyer, and I was driving around on a suspended license all the time to, to get to get to work, and just all the chaos that that ensues as in a life of alcoholism. You know, I was. I was still drinking. I was still doing what I did. But now I was like sweating, you know. If I get pulled over again, I'm driving on a suspension. Instantly like super felony busted, right? So so I get pulled over today, right? 11 years sober, dude. Dude, I was in and out of that police interaction in like five minutes. My registration was paid. My insurance was paid. All of my stuff was ready. I didn't have any reason for the, for the police to do it. He walked up to my door, I had my stuff, I handed it to him. He said, you're going 68 and a 55. He walked back to his motorcycle, wrote me a ticket, came back, gave me a ticket. I didn't say one word to him. But I, I didn't drive away all bummed. I was like, that's what I get. I was speeding, I wasn't paying attention, I was sort of off in my own la-la land because the one thing i've learned in sobriety is is no one's res- no one's doing any of this to me that sheriff guy wasn't doing anything to me i was the one who just wasn't paying attention dude i just wasn't really like and i should have known that's probably where a, a policeman would have been I just wasn't paying attention, man, and so I didn't get the ticket and feel like a burden with it, right? I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. I got to, I got to deal with that, and I just, I got it right. I got it right here, dude. Boom, right there. I guess I sort of look at this, and I don't look at this as a bummer, dude. I look at this as sort of a weird reward because I can pick one of these things up and it not ruin my life. You get what I'm saying? I can get pulled over by the cops at 11 years sober and it's not a negative interaction. It's not some victim thing. It's me just making a mistake and willing to own it and driving away and off to live the rest of my day. 12 years ago, dude, it meant I was in handcuffs Getting charges, court cases, suspended licenses, all of this stuff, right? I don't live like that anymore. I can I can earn a ticket, dude, and 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 not sweat it, dude, because I don't live in fear of this. Not like I used to, right? And so, all right, Nick Men- Mendez, hey, hey, so I was wondering if you were looking for anyone just to life mentor. I need an older figure with your wisdom yeah yeah get uh email me down below Nick and uh we'll work it all out just there's an email down below so again is 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 what i'm getting at is 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 michael f ah uh, that's not it that's not a that's i get what you're saying michael f dude Yes. No. It's too many platforms. But so anyway, what I'm getting at is we get a whole new life. It doesn't mean the problems of life go away, dude. Like I think there's a a big misunderstanding maybe of like, oh, we're going to get sober and everything like disappears. Like it just all becomes like lollipops and rainbows. It doesn't. It just is your attitude about how you deal with life. And I'm telling you, it's a it's a game of progress, but the thing that that I'm I, I feel I felt grateful. I don't know how to how to I guess I am trying to explain it. I, I felt grateful today to be sober, guy, because the cop didn't ask me any questions. Like, do you got any weed in the car? Do you got nothing, dude. I was tripping actually when I was. Th- I was like, he didn't ask me a word, dude. Didn't, ask, didn't, didn't, didn't have any reason to hassle me any more than, like, here's your speeding ticket, move on. And, and I was thinking about as I was sitting there, like, because I knew it was Sober Wednesdays, I was like, this is the psychic transformation they talk about in, in having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, dude. Like, the spiritual awakening was like, I'm not in resistance to it i'm not in resist as does it suck yeah it's pain in the ass dude i i botched dude but i get to, i get to i get to speed freely so like this is the thing i so again i was thinking when i was first getting sober right when i was first getting sober i had this uh i got my first sober car maybe i should tell that story a little bit so, a sober story dude So when I when I when I got uh, when I finally got sober, right? I told you the story of meeting when sober Wednesday number one with Joe and Dave in front of the liquor store. I got sober. Why well, I, I had this pickup truck that I'd had. Uh, wait, hold on. I got wait. I got it. That's my wife, and I got the phone on airplane mode for the. Uh, um. Doing sober when day I cannot spell Wednesday to save my life 30 I uh, hit thank you and uh return boom okay so uh so I uh so I had this car right I'd been loaded in I had it for sixteen years I think 16 years. What was that? I think it was 16 years. Yeah, I got it. was in 94. I got, I finally got it, died on two. So I had this car for 16 years, right? And I get, I get sober. It's my old red pickup truck, my little Mazda B2300, dude. I didn't have a sober mile in this thing, dude. And, uh, and I had like 250. I'd driven around the earth like 10 times in this thing, right? So I had this this car, right? And I'd had it for 16 years. And it had been never, not once it ever had a problem, dude. Not once ever. I get sober. I'm living up with Dave and Joe up with the sober living. And like three months into sobriety, the uh, engine blows. I blow up the engine somehow after 16 years. And... And I remember Joe, who was my sponsor at the time, he's like, I'm like, dude, my car, I've had it for 16 years, bro. He's like, it got you here, dude. And I'm like, yeah, but it's like, and he's like, no, dude, it's God just telling you you're ready for a new car. And I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. Like you and your weirdo spiritual stuff. Because you got to remember, early sobriety, I still wasn't like all like, yeah, dude, it's all an illusion. It's a tr- <laughs> this has been built on in sobriety, right? Of the understanding. So, so Joe was like, God, God got you here, and God wants you to get a new car. You'll see. And so, at the time, my buddy Dave, who was who was one of the dudes who got me sober, he's like, Hey, man, we can go down to this. Car dealership, and and you can drive away with the car right now. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, the car dealership is run by a sober dude. He gets all the sober people their first like sober car, dude. they will make a payment plan. It's no big deal, dude. Just just come on, down. we'll just go down there right now, and so. You have to understand, at that time, I didn't trust people like people. I'm like, what's your scam? Dude, there's no sober dude, no sober car dealership guy. There's None of this is going on. So me being a stubborn hardhead, right? Me being a full, just, nah, no. Because you have to understand, I'm not a joiner. I don't join AA because I'm like, oh, yeah, this is bitching. I don't get sober because I'm like, yeah, this is bitching. I'm like, dude, I got, I'm doing this because I, my life sucks and I don't want it to suck anymore. But I'm not all like gung ho, like, yeah, you guys are bitching, dude. I'm like, you guys are weird. And so, so it goes on for, for like another three months, dude. I don't, I won't, I won't go down to the car dealership with this guy. He's like, dude, your car is sitting down there. He's like, dude, we can just go get your car anytime you want, dude. I'm like, ah, dude. And uh so for that three months, and it was again God doing for me what I could not do for myself. Because I was stubborn, right? I wouldn't ask for help. I wouldn't do any of that kind of stuff. And so I uh I spend the next Three months, like, taking the bus and my skateboard everywhere I'd go. Like, I would I would get on the bus. I was still doing carpentry. I would get on the bus sometimes going to a new job with all my tools. Just hoses and skill saws. And you have to understand, the buses in Southern California are for the Hispanics. Like, gringos don't ride the bus. So I'd get on the bus in the morning, dudes, with these tools. and It would be like Six in the morning, I'd be the only white guy there just carrying all these tools because I was a stubborn freak. And and I would go and I was doing the deal, dude. I was going to meetings every night. I was getting up. I was going to my my lame carpentry job. I was staying sober. On Wednesdays, I had, I had a book commitment in Santa Monica. And Santa Monica from Malibu is sort of like distance and you got to take a bus. So I'd leave like two hours early to go to this meeting on Tuesdays, right, where I had this book come in, the big backpack full of books, dude, I'd carry all my AA literature, every Tuesday, I'd go to this meeting, and I'd I'd be like, ah, I don't want to go, dude, this, you know, who wants to go, dude? I'm a new guy, but I'd be like, I got the books, dude, I gotta go, so I'd leave, like, two hours, and take all these buses to get there, and skate from, like, like 20 blocks up to 26 in Broadway and I'd go to the, the thing and I would sit there on Tuesdays, man. I'd sit next to this gnarly, like, black dude who was, like, 20 years sober, dude. I forget his name. He's rad, dude. He'd sit there. fucking had all the AA bling on him and stuff and I'd sit next to this guy every Tuesday, dude. And I'd carry the books and I was still a stubborn guy, right? So I wouldn't ever, ever ask anyone for a ride home, dude. I would leave the meeting with my backpack. I'd skate down the 26 blocks down to the California Incline and I would hitchhike, dude. I'd hitchhike back to Malibu because there was no buses at that hour. The buses stopped at like 9 or something, right? And I, I would never catch the last bus. So inevitably, every time I would, whoever I would pick up with would end up being somebody who I'd ultimately give a piece of my AA literature to. It would be someone who was, sometimes they would be drunk, sometimes be whatever, and they'd be like, "Where do you do? I'd be like, oh, I'm hitchhiking from an AA meeting. I was a new guy. I was fresh meat, dude, and, and sobriety, dude. So I'm doing this, right? I'm doing this whole thing. I'm, I'm going to meetings every night. Every night I'm going to a meeting, working all day long, skating and taking buses, not accepting help from anybody, dude. And so I used to spend a lot of time sitting at Starbucks, dude. (laughs) I would sit at Starbucks a lot. And it was during this time that I learned... Someone was asking me about patience the other day. That's how I learned what patience was. So I would sit at Starbucks... Not because I was trying to learn anything, but because I was too stubborn to ask for help. You see, I had that pride thing. Like, oh, I'm too, I'm too proud. I don't want to ask anyone for help. I don't want anyone knowing I need a ride. Nah, I don't want anyone knowing I need a ride. So I did that for like three and a half months, something like that, where I was just, everything was buses, Starbucks, and my skateboard, and just grueling, pain in the ass. And then this giant West Swell came up. A little surf talk and the sober talk. this giant West swell came up, and it was like February or something, and my buddy that I would hitch rides there was one dude I would get a ride from my surfer friend who was getting sober at the time this this cat I was rolling with, and uh, I would get I would get a ride with him and we'd surf, and then there was this one day this big West swell came up, and he was going to a softer wave, and I was like, I want to go to this like gnarly wave, dude like I know it's going to be pumping there like I need to get to this gnarly wave and uh and he's like I am not going there and I remember getting super bummed right like ah oh, dude and uh I'll read your uh, uh, I'll read the top chats in a minute and uh, I remember being super bummed and I was like all right and I went up to the dude, Dave, who had been like, The sober car dealership, just come on down, dude. We'll go, we'll just drive down there. There's a car, your car is sitting there for you. This had been going on for three and a half months since my truck blew up. This dude was like, Your car is just sitting there waiting for you, dude. And I'd be like, Yeah, whatever, bro. Whatever, dude, weirdo. I don't know about your sober car weirdness and the whole thing. So I finally get desperate, right? Desperation. So I, I get desperate and I'm like, all right, Dave, man, will you, will you take me down to the car dealership, dude? So we go down to Santa Monica Volvo there and, and talk to Magnus, dude. Magnus and the other guy, Dave. Magnus and Dave. And they're like, yeah, dude, your, your car's right out front. I walk in the door and they're like, your car's right out front. And it was Terra Cruiser 1, dude, the gray 1987 Volvo wagon, dude. They're like, yeah, dude, it's been sitting here waiting for you. We Dave called us three and a half months ago. Said you, and and it, no one's come by to get it. It's your. It's waiting for you. And I go, but I go. I don't have any money, dude. They go. You don't need any money, dude. You're sober guy, right? Get sober, dude. You're doing the thing. I go. Yeah. They're like, dude. Here's the payment plan. Here, just sign here. 146 bucks a month. I leave with this this 1987. Great Terra Cruiser one, go back in the old videos. I leave with this rad Volvo. I still wish I had that thing, and uh, and I started to be able to drive around again, dude, and do my own thing. So I now now I know I'm telling the story. So I I I'm, I got the new Volvo, dude. My first sober car, dude, because my other car had probably pot and the drugs in it and hidden in the wherever, right? So I got my first sober car, dude. Car that's never seen me loaded. I'm driving and I'm flying, flying around Malibu in my my gray Volvo, dude. Speeding, dude, because I hadn't sped in sixteen years, dude. Because I wouldn't speed because I was paranoid of the cops, I wouldn't drive at night, and all sort, i had all sorts of rules, dude. And uh, so I, I'm I go to the Starbucks. Starbucks is like the thing. Yeah, I just. It's coffee shop, dude. The only, it's the only shot coffee shop in town. Just if there was an independent, I would have gone there. But there wasn't. So I was in this, this, there was this dude, Robbie. And he's at the stand in the line, old sober dude, bunch of years, dude. And he's like, he's like, man, I see you speeding around in your Volvo lot, dude. Like, like he was coming down on me, like, like you know, self righteous guy, and I, and I was like, I still wasn't all cool with like, the, like these type of sober dudes. I was like, yeah, 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 you know, man, like whatever. He's like, you know, speeding and you're sober and this and that and blah 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 blah. And I go, I go, look, bro. I go, I'm sober. I get to speed, dude. I have insurance. I got an active driver's license. I got a car with the registration paid. And I'm going to speed because I'm sober, dude. And I haven't sped the entire time I was loaded. And speeding and sobriety work for me because I'm willing to get a ticket, dude. And this dude looks at me and he's like, well, if you're willing to accept the consequences of your actions, then I guess you can do what you want. And (laughs) I got my car with my cup of coffee and punched it somewhere, dude. But (laughs) so there's my sober car story, dude. Well, I guess it's the thing of like once we're willing to accept our consequences, we have these spiritual changes. We learn these things along the way, and things begin to happen. And I'll, I'll expound on that a little bit. But we're at the half an hour mark. There's been a couple uh, top chats here. Um, Pod John Podesta's emails are scary. Don't have a lot of money to donate, but I'm re- in reality, I wouldn't have any money because I would be dead. Sobriety's been the gnarliest ride of my life. It started the journey two years here, two years ago. Brother, I know you have, dude. Two years of sobriety, dude. Congratulations, man. Really, John? That's that's and I know you for the other way, but we'll stick to your your uh, your your code name, dude. Congratulations, two years, dude. That's rad, man. We get we're getting people here sober, dude. We're doing our best we can. So, let's see. Let me read some other comments here. How long do you have to pay it back? Oh, well, that was the so. Okay, on the uh, bath, how long did you have to pay it back? Two years, I think. Two years I paid it back, something like that. Maybe a little longer. The The thing was, is this is what I learned. Up until that point in my life, this was another cool part of that whole story. Up until that point in my whole life, I would never borrowed any money. Except for my parents, right? <laughs> But uh I never I I would ne- never had a credit card, never had a loan, never had a car payment, never I didn't have any bills. I was like loaded guy, you know, pickled. I didn't want any bills, dude. So I didn't I didn't have any overhead. It was the first payment plan I'd ever gotten in my entire life, dude. And I paid it off every month, man, 146 bucks, dude. And it taught me responsibility, dude. It it like that's why I'm able to like I don't mind Paying stuff, dude. It's like so it so it's funny that we bring this because so today some news came through the uh the, the uh the world today and it was like a little bit of financial like fear got to me, right? Like financial fear for a minute. And and right like if we look at the promises, uh I forget what the promises, uh what's page ninety six is the promises, right? What is one of the promises? Financial ins, we don't what what is it, dude? Wait a second. Um, rarely, dude. Ah, whatever, dude. I don't have my stuff all lined up. But anyway, we don't fear. We don't have fear economic stuff anymore, right? So I got some fear today. So what I've learned in my sobriety was I don't fear that stuff. I went and paid a bill today, dude. Like that's and I've talked about this before. When I have like financial fear in my life. I pay a bill. I do the exact opposite of what my self-talking mind is, right? Because alcoholism centers in my mind, right? Like the alcoholism wants me not to do anything proactive to to alleviate my suffering, right? So what my alcoholism really wants me to do is sit and be like, oh my God, dude, you're that that financial thing is going to really like jack you up and you're going to be screwed and oh my God, and this and that and this and that. And I go, I've learned since the car thing Back in the day, is anytime I get into financial fear, I just get out my 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 bill book. I have my calendar, right? I have my calendar. This is last year's, but I have my my bills. Everything I oh, and I look at it and I go, "Let me just pay one right now. Let me just pay something, dude." Bah! And and make a proactive movement. So sobriety is a lot about proactive actions. Because you can't just stop drinking, right? So if you think about, like, drugging and alcoholing and the whole thing, right? It's a proactive action, dude. It's an action. You you take the booze. You stick it in your face. That's an action. You got to go to the liquor store. You got to go to the drug dealer. You got to chop it up. You got to snort it. You got to do all this stuff. Thank you, Easy Fluff. You have to do all these actions to get loaded, right? Well, you can't just get sober and stop doing actions, dude, because then you're just sitting there doing nothing. You have to do actions, right? You have to be proactive in your sobriety, especially early on. So if you listen to the first part of the story, like the beginning, dude, all I was doing was stuff like, and it wasn't stuff that was like, oh my God, that's so rad. Like, oh dude, that was the fluffy bunnies. No, it was like this blows, dude. I'm gonna go set up chairs at some meeting. I'm gonna go to a meeting. I'm gonna go to another meeting. A meeting, a meeting, a meeting, a meeting, a meeting. Oh my! And I had commitments, and I went to work. It's like they talk about the early, like early sobriety. Just get a get a crappy job. It's called a get well job. Get a get well job, dude. Doesn't matter what the job is, dude. The shittier the better, dude. Early sobriety. Just get yourself a crappy job, dude. Just working at the donut shop or the gas station or humping lumber. Just doing anything, dude. Because you your life was a disaster. That's why you were getting sober, dude. So you get. You get a get well job and you, and you become grateful for the get well job, not because that, that working at the service stations like rad or something. It's because you realize that you got somewhere to be and that's super important in early sobriety. I couldn't imagine and I've seen enough of them. I've seen rich people trying to get sober, dude. When I was at that sober living, I watched a lot of rich people trying to get sober, and they didn't have to do anything. So when I was living at that sober living, getting sober, right, I got up every day and went to a job site and went and cut on two-by-fours and banged on drywall, and I showed up for work area, and I'd come back to the sober living, dude, and these dudes would still be sitting around, dude, like, uh, dude, like, sobriety sucks, dude. I don't know what to do with that. I'd be like, bro, dude. Like, I got to go, get in the shower and go to a meeting, dude. This blows, dude. But you know what? I'm the only dude who stayed sober out of all the dudes except for this one dude, Matt, dude. If you're out there, dude. Matt. This young young buck, dude. Stayed sober, dude, from that whole place, dude. I don't know how many people pulled through there. But we were both people that did stuff, dude. So, again, if you're getting sober, like, one of the things you need to do is train yourself. Like, in showing up in actions because you got to remember you're you're, you're coming from this thing where you're putting substances in your body, you're shutting off your mind, you're falling down, you're punching people, you're dumping people, you're making like headache, you're running up bills, you're just, making a mess of things, right? That's your action. Most people who are loaded and looking to get sober are spending most of their time putting out the fires of their life, which takes up most of their reality. They're drinking, putting out fires. Drinking, putting out fires. Snorting coke, putting out fires, right? Rounding up money, doing whatever we do, dude, to make it happen, dude. Well, all of a sudden you get sober, dude, and there's not a bunch of drama anymore, dude. So you're kind of in this space where it's like, What do I do now? And if you sit in that space and don't do anything proactively, you will get loaded again. I can almost guarantee it. I can't say for sure. Everybody's different. But what I'm saying is you go from like people don't understand that like the loaded life, the drug and alcohol getting loaded is active, man. It's a lot of even if you're just sitting on the couch being a fart bag, dude. It's active man you got to go to the liquor store you got to pile you got to carry out the piles of beer bottles in your thing you got to call the drug dealer you got to do all the find the pill you lost in the couch all that that's all the stuff you got to do dude then you get sober and you're like now what that's what this all this accountability is about it's not it's not like it's 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 sort of rocket science in the sense of it's trying to teach you to live a new life, right? That's why it's like that 90 meetings in 90 days and make your bed when you get up and get a good well job and get a sponsor. It's not because I don't know what it is that works. All of it works because you got to train your new reality to work, right? And 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 what it is is to be accountable to yourself. Like that's why you get the commitments. Because, man, if you don't want to show up to the meeting and blow off your commitment, that kind of makes you a donkey. And, well, then, you know, it, it's you're not accountable to yourself. That's why you get a sponsor, to be accountable to somebody else, dude. And be like, you know, like, hey, man, like, I, I'm thinking about going to, like, Jamaica right now. And your sponsor's like, why would you go to Jamaica right now? You're like 60 days sober. Well, you know, like... Uh, i'm gonna go to jamaica bro and they're like well that's stupid dude have you thought this out and you're like well no i haven't thought about it at all dude but like and then they'll be like did you have a commitment on monday dude you're the water guy at the meeting dude like so how are you gonna do that from jamaica fool and they're like oh oh yeah like jamaica and by the way you don't have any money to go to jamaica i don't oh oh yeah so so you so in the beginning you almost need the sponsor just to run your bad ideas by and just be like, oh yeah, that's ridiculous, dude. Like, yeah, I don't want to do that, do you, dude? Like, yeah. Cause if you called up your sponsor in the beginning and are like, oh, I want to date that like girl, dude. And your sponsor would be like, you mean the one with the boyfriend? Yeah, that one. I want to date that girl, dude. You mean the one with the boyfriend? And the cocaine problem, yeah, that girl, that's the one I want to date. Your sponsor would be like, no, dude, that's stupid, and tell you why, dude. Because early sobriety brain is mush, dude. Like, yeah, I'm going to be gonna join the Marines. That's the thing, dude. You, you almost need someone to, like, walk you through the beginning of sobriety because, like, the mind is... I'd, like yeah, you can stop putting the drugs and alcohol on your in your in your face. Just stop it and be like, oh, okay, I don't I'm not putting any drugs and alcohol on my face. But the mind is gonna be like, yeah, dude. Now what? Like, let's go get some. Let's go fight that cop over there, dude. We're sober guys. Let's go fight that cop. You know what I mean? Like the the, soap, the the you need to retrain your mind. Most people think that alcoholism has something to do with the, the stuff you're putting in your body, and it does. But once you stop putting that stuff in your body, step one, stop putting stuff in your body that makes your head go crazy and gets you loaded. Step two, dude. You gotta. You, that's what you need God for, man. Right. That's why it's laid out in the steps the way it is. Right. This all makes sense if you like understand the steps. Right. It's funny. We were at the meeting the other. Like we were doing our. Uh, we went to that. Um, our sermon on the mount meeting. Right. And um, we were talking about this. Is kind of kind of stumbled on this like thing. So like right. So in the beginning, man. Like it's all about. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol. Right. Like. Like so yeah, just you gotta stop drinking first, like you can't do anything in sobriety till you like stop going to the liquor store or the coke dealer or the pill popper or whatever it is you gotta stop all that stuff first, and then you realize your life's super unmanageable. That's what I'm talking about, this unmanageability, like just, oh, to date the girl with the boyfriend thing, dude. Ah, oh, she's pretty, dude. Pretty, 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 dude. Ah, oh, whatever. got a little cocaine problem. So what, dude? She's she's hot, dude, right? And then, so, but you came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Like, the beginning, you don't need to have God in the beginning, right? You just have to believe there might be a power that could restore you to sanity. Like, let's see, what's what do we got here? And, um, you do this thing, right? And then you get to turn your in your life over to the care of God as you understand him, as we understand him, right? I can't get drunk anymore. After having kids, my tolerance is shot. Well, it is a progressive disease. I will, I will throw the, uh, the warning signs on. One of the big, how we segue into this thing. How one, of, one of the big things I would caution anybody with is this. If you've gotten far enough where you think you need to get sober, that's a pretty good clue that something's wrong, right? Like, your average bear, like, your average, like, martini-sipping, like, weirdo dude with his, like, $5,000 suit, dude, probably might not have an alcohol problem, but he's not wondering about it, you know what I mean? He's not drinking his martini, being like, "Oh, I need to get sober right now, like, That's an alcoholic thought. Like, should I get sober? Like, do I need to get sober? That means you're, like, probably on drugs or alcohol. Like, you're already there. Like, and so, like, don't dismiss that question. We had that person on, like, a couple meetings ago here who was like, I don't, I want to get sober, but I I don't think I have a drinking problem. Yeah, it's just, if you got it, if you want to get sober, it's because you've already blown it out, dude. So, that's your big clue, my advice but the, what I'm – kind of what Kimmy was saying is – or I'm, I'm, I'm uh, pinging off of is when you – if you think you're going to get sober and you, you do get sober and you abstain from drugs and alcohol, you enter a real dangerous territory in the sense of like your body gets better like and your tolerance goes way down. So like, let's say you you get sober or you stop drinking drugs and alcohol, but you're not really, you're just going cold turkey and you stop drinking or drugging or whatever for like, let's say 60 days. Let's say, or let's say more realistically, let's say like 23 days. I didn't, I'm not drinking for 23 days, made three weeks. Yeah, dude. Well, your body healed a little bit better, dude. It's healed up a little bit. So when you drink that first beer, you might have been an 18 beers a day kind of guy. I was drinking about 18 beers a day. And uh, you might have been an 18 beer a day kind of guy. Never even like got that drunk, dude. Just maintained your buzz kind of guy. You know? Like, just tried. Well, you go 23 days without a drink, and then you, all of a sudden you pop a top. That one beer might for your body equal like a six pack all of a sudden and just send you right over the edge. So it's that thing. If you've decided you want to get sober, it's probably a good idea to like kind of like do it as, which is my, my take on it. I, I seen, and I know a little bit from experience, like, the body starts to heal itself really quick and the mind thinks you're okay, dude, just because you feel better, dude, but it's a mind-centered disease, dude. Like, alcoholism has nothing really to do with the drugs. You can get off the drugs and alcohol fairly quick, even if a brutal benzo detox, like, fairly quick. It's all mental, right? It's all up here, dude. And the minute you don't have your medicine, you got to start dealing with this thing up here. This, this beast. <laughs> Talk about a gorilla, dude. And um, that's what you need the people for. Like, that's why people, generally, it's really hard for them to get sober by themselves. Because this thing, this is where the disease lies. At least it does for me, the self-talking mind. So you you get to this thing where if you really want to get work on sobriety it's up here dude it's not it's not this it's not the drink it's it's the mind right but how once you stop drinking you need something to replace the alcohol with or the drugs or whatever it is and that's where the spiritual component comes in that's, that's the key. Like, I, couldn't, I can't maintain sobriety without God. And I can't find God without other people. Like, right? So again, that goes to the 12th step, right? Is, is this thing where having had a spiritual ra- re- awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and pra- practice these principles in all of our affairs. So the spiritual awakening is like super key. But the only way we really get to have the spiritual awakening is by carrying this message to other people. Like this whole thing that you can get sober by yourself, like, good luck with that, dude. The, the, how you really get sober is helping another person to achieve sobriety, dude. It, 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 that's the gig, dude. And you can start to help any... Look, if you stop drinking today... And you bump into someone tomorrow who stopped drinking. You got an extra day on them. It's that thing. You can start helping anyone you want along the way, and 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 what I what I would say is, it's super important, man. You can't. You got to give it away to keep it, dude. You really do have to give it away to keep it. And and that's the only way I know. Like, that's what I mean is like this this Wednesday thing. And I've talked to, I'm going to get some people to swing by on this thing. Is for me is like, it. Re, this reminds me how to stay sober. Trying to help anyone out there who wants to be sober. Like John Podesta's emails are scary, right? It's, uh. It's to be of service, is what keeps me. It's the only way I know how to be a, be sober. Like I can run around and just be not drink all day long, but how do I get over the the obsessive mind with its problems? Right, I can take a lot of proactive measures, like I said, paying my bills, doing this or that. But half the reason I was I was able to get here is because I was like. I've made a commitment to be here Wednesdays at 6.30, dude. Like, I made a commitment. like, But I didn't make it. Like, I, I can sit here with all the other YouTube. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But this is a sobriety commitment, right? This is about sobriety. This isn't about YouTube or anything else. This is about me. Figuring a way to maintain my sobriety by being of service to other people. And we can all do that, dude. It's just about being accountable to ourselves, to God, and to other people, man. And um, so, yeah, that's, it's a commitment. It's a total commitment. It's, it's the, the gnarliest easy commitment of all time, right? It's, um, it's hectic, dude. But it's beautiful at the same time. Ah, oh, dude, you can totally be in an intoxicated state of mind without using. I can, I I get more, like, I'll, I'll tell you this, dude. Sobriety is the ultimate bong hit. For you stoners out there, if you really want to get stoned, get sober, dude. Just fully, just whew, blow your mind how trippy it all is, dude. You really, you really want to have a psychedelic experience, like, Get sober and live your life on life's terms, dude. It'll it'll blow your mind how psychedelic it all is, dude. So, you know, it's all up from here, Kimmy. That's the truth. Life's a trip, man. Um, We need Saturday Night Live. Yeah, we got to get those. I feel that. Anthony feels that. So I'm going to read. Uh, we're like 10 minutes out. I'll read your comments. When you have time and a plan to stay busy and never have time to get high, I try to make it impossible for myself to get high. That's a solid, solid thing, man. Life gets busy, dude. I don't have time to, like, I couldn't imagine spending, wasting any of my time. I waste so much time being sober, dude. I couldn't imagine wasting any time being loaded. You know what I mean? I'm, I'll tell you what, man. One of the things that I'm super grateful is being sober with the with child. I was thinking the I saw this picture the other day, right? I saw this picture of Owl. He must have been like a year, year old. We're sitting on a deck, we're watching the sunset. And I was like trying to remember that day. And I know and I was looking at that day, and I go, I remember that day, but I remember trying to remember that day, but I was tripping on how fuzzy it is. Like I'm stone cold sober guy, and I and it's and it's fleeting. I was sitting there looking at that picture, going, wow, man, look at how I'm so big now, dude. Like life's like this, dude. Life is like that, dude. So it behooves you to get sober just to be able to experience it, man. You know what I mean? But yeah, you gotta do your own thing too, dude. You gotta do your own thing. I get too nervous, it's gonna be a bad trip. We gotta work on that. Yeah? You gotta work on that, dude. Best thing he said is that sobriety is about how you handle situations in real life, and not drugged up. It's true, man. Like you get to, you get the freedom to move through life, dude. That's the that's the beauty. I just again I promote it not because there's anything wrong with getting loaded. I promote it because because you really get to see what it's all about. It's like this person, I want to try DMT, dude. It's called sobriety, dude. You want you to wanted really have the true mind. You want to see the real, you want to see the clockworks? You really want to see the clockworks? You can't handle the clockworks. Well, you think you're going to like smoke a little like stuff and you're going to figure it all out, dude? How about you just figure it all out without adding stuff, dude? I remember my buddy Andy and I, we went to a fish show, Stone Cold Sober, and everyone around us was just, Ah, pouring, so we went to that uh, the one at the uh, the forum, right? And everybody's just pouring drugs and smoking stuff and it was like, we were just two sober dudes like there and we're like we don't need to add anything, dude. How rad is that? Like everybody's trying to maintain their high and we're like, dude, we're just like high, man. Like, wow, dude, this is rad. Look at that fool just like stuffing weed and drugs and uh ah, j- ah. And we're like, dude, we're having like a better experience, dude. Maybe, I don't know. But uh, it's just that weird thing where like when you don't need to add anything to your head to have the experience, that's like freedom, dude. I remember just so like concerned about like my concoction mixtures for like concerts and surf sessions and this and that like oh, i gotta make gotta make sure oh, i can't i can't go out i can't go out into the wilderness unless i got a bag of weed bro you know i gotta make sure i got enough beer for this drive and i don't need any of it now dude. i can just get get in and go dude and do what i gotta do ah oh, dude once you once you click into music sober dude ah it's like the full experience man It's like the real experience, dude. Because if you've already done all the, like, loaded experiences with music, you you get the euphoric recall, dude. I'm telling you, the music's, you you just click in, like, the music's already, like, see, all right. It's this thing for you musical weirdos out there. It's not the drugs, it's the music that's psychedelic, dude. And once you know what you're plugging into, dude, you can listen to the music and have the same experience, dude. Because then you realize it's the music. It's no. It was never the drugs. It was always the music, dude. Just just saying. Just saying if you want to like, that's my my tip for the day, dude. Yeah, I'm a music weirdo too, dude. You can abu- absorb the music with your brain, not drugs. Yeah. So, so well, we're here on another another sober Wednesday. I hope that was, uh, hope that was worthwhile. You know, and uh, we're sticking to our kind of thing. Does anyone have any m- milestones they need to celebrate? Because uh, I know that John there is rolling his two years. Anyone got anything they want to share like on that, dude? I love you guys too. Love you, John. Yeah, dude. I glad I was able to be part of that, brother. 10 days, dude. Dijon mustard, dude. That's spicy. 10 days, dude. That's rad. Double digits, dude. Good for you, dude. Keep it going, man. Keep it going, dude. My birthday in 6 days. I'll be 29, dude. Randall Pink, 9 months. Solid, dude. Shaba's got 2 months. Good for you, dude. John's got his two years. Jim Cliff, six years. See, it's doable, man. It is doable, dude. DJ's got four weeks, dude. We're smashing it, dude. Josh, five years, dude. Congratulations, man. That's rad, dude. Right? We're doing it. We're doing it. Six months, 10 days. Sean. There you go. Good, dude. 365 reaching out there with an email. Saw 29 was awesome. I say approach 50 days, four days, tut 42, dude. That's so sick. That's rad, dude. That's inspiring. Eight months from Hamilton. You guys get me pumped. You get me pumped, dude. So look, I'm gonna do the final thing. Look, I don't know where you are. There's a lot of lot of stuff going on out there. If you're feeling suicidal. Please call a suicide hotline. Call someone for help. Dude, mental illness is nothing to be ashamed of. Depression is nothing to be ashamed of. As a person who's gone through it myself and I did it publicly here is just reach out and ask for help, man. Suicide prevention hotlines. Dude, do not feel that this, is we need you. Everybody needs you. It's not the end of the road. It may be tough. It may be hard out there. But please... Don't make a temporary problem a permanent solution. Please, just reach out for help. Secondly, wherever you are, and I can only speak for the United States of America, if you want to achieve sobriety and you're desperate to get sober, there's a thing called Central Office. You can look up Central Office, your town, your county, your city, anywhere USA, look up Central Office AA. Call that number. There is somebody there just like me who will give you the... The time of day to help you achieve sobriety, man. Central Office AA, look it up and uh, find it, call it, and uh, get the ball rolling, dude. It's no big deal, dude. The first call's the hardest. The first ask for help's the hardest. But after you've done that, it, it just gets easier, dude. So... With that said, is is, is please, man, use the, uh, use the outrage. We're here. We're a community. We're all about love. We're all about helping each other get closer to God. And uh, there's no shame here, dude. No matter how low you go, that means you get to go up higher, dude. It's just like that, dude. So with that said... God bless you. We'll see you next Wednesday on Sober Wednesdays. Thank you for being here. Thank you for helping me maintain my sobriety by being accountable to you. And with that said, be safe, be kind, love one another, use the phones, contact. Good night. God bless.